Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to the most thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Damon Linker, and with the election looming, I have a fairly simple but important suggestion. Let's not think the worst of those who disagree with our political views. This may be a hard pill to swallow, but people on the other end of your political spectrum are not, in fact, moral monsters. Trust me, as a political commentator, I've been the target of such vitriol from both sides of our political aisle my entire career. For some context, let me take you back to the first time I was called a fascist. It was in the early months of 1991 when I was the editorial page editor of my college newspaper. I had become popular with the left-wing punks on campus for railing against the coming Persian Gulf War. But when the war got underway, I realized the mistake I'd made. In opposing the war, I had downplayed Saddam Hussein's recklessness, so I issued a partial mea culpa. The lefties on campus didn't like that one bit, or so I learned when I showed up at a house party on the night my contrite editorial appeared. One of the lefties answered the door, saw me standing there, and immediately slammed the door in my face, punctuated by a proclamation of fascist. That was the first time, but it was hardly the last. Why, just the other week, a column I wrote with the headline, What Trump Gets Right About Immigration, inspired a left-wing friend of mine to momentarily lose his cool on Facebook and call me an apologist for fascism. Strangers made less restrained versions of the same claim on Twitter. In case you had any doubts, I'm not a fascist and never have been. But it doesn't matter. In the high-stakes hothouse of the 2016 election, committed partisans of the left view any affirmation of nationalism as an expression of the most extreme, inhumane, cruel, anti-liberal form of nationalism in human history. But the same dynamic plays out on the right as well. In recent years, libertarian-minded conservatives have frequently denounced me as a communist because I favor some government regulation of the economy, some redistribution of income and wealth, and some provision of social services by the state. For those who oppose nearly all such government action, a defense of a modest amount of it is indistinguishable from the most extreme, inhumane, cruel, anti-liberal form of statism in human history. And here's my point. This tendency of extreme naming is poisonous. It's also deceptive, distorting political reality and intensifying the centrifugal forces that encourage the polarization of our politics. Calling me a fascist or communist, identifying the single respect in which my position shares a commonality with totalitarian ideology while ignoring the multitude of ways in which they diverge, clarifies nothing. On the contrary, it distorts the truth, making it harder to understand where I'm coming from by assimilating my views to those much more extreme than my own. It simply isn't true that everyone situated to your right is indistinguishable from the most extreme right-wing position. The same holds for those situated to your left. This goes beyond ideology. 
I can assure you that it's possible at one and the same time to be a severe critic of Hillary Clinton and to think she's clearly a better choice for the presidency than Donald Trump. I know it's possible because that's my position. According to liberals, my Clinton criticisms imply that I favor Trump. Meanwhile, conservatives are convinced that I'm a Hillary shill because of my qualified Clinton support. Hardest of all might be the effort to maintain a modicum of fair-mindedness about Trump and his supporters. It's true that Trump is unsuited to the presidency in all kinds of ways, and that a loud faction of his admirers is clearly motivated by racial and other forms of animus. But that doesn't mean you can reduce the Trump phenomenon as a whole to the moral status of a KKK rally. One thing is certain. On November 9th, the election will be over. What remains to be seen is whether the centrifugal forces that have gripped us so severely throughout the past year will weaken somewhat, allowing us to back away, if only for a time, from our entrenched, polarized positions. That's one possibility. Another is that our quick-tempered tendency to think the worst of those who disagree with us will continue to deepen, with everyone on the other side of the partisan divide looking ever more like moral monsters. In that unhappy eventuality, the political contest of 2016 may soon seem tame, as our politics devolves even further into a metaphorical act of slamming doors in each other's faces. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday. And for more podcasts from the week, check out 7-Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review. I'm Damon Linker, and thanks so much for listening. <laughs>